0: But this morning, I want to talk about learning how to do spiritual warfare. How to win our spiritual battles. And, you know, when it comes to spiritual warfare, I think there's two errors that we we can make. One, we can overemphasize spiritual warfare and blame everything on the devil. Every sin, conflict, problem. It's a demon, right? But the other... Era, I think we make is to underemphasize spiritual warfare and completely ignore the reality that we do live in a constant state of spiritual warfare. You all agree with that? And so I believe the balance is the key balancing those two, not to overemphasize it, but not underemphasize it and ignore the reality that we do live in a constant state of spiritual warfare. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me or your phone, whatever, to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12 is a picture of how this whole thing, this warfare, kind of got started. In Revelation 12 and verse 7 uh, is, is a story, uh, it's a recording of what happened uh, with uh, with Satan, with Lucifer, uh, who was, by the way, created by God, and, uh, and he rebelled against God. But it says there in Revelation 12 and 7... There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. And this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Now, Satan, as you could tell, was actually created by God, initially had a place in heaven, until he rebelled against God and he tried to take over heaven. he didn't succeed the bible tells us that he lost that battle and he and a third of the angels which are demons they got thrown out of heaven onto the earth and now satan who lost that battle is enraged with the lord and with his offspring for kicking him out of heaven and uh, and has declared war against the church against you and i and so you know you know since that war in heaven there has been a major spiritual attack. And in Revelation 12, 17 says the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. And so, you know, sometimes we think when we become a Christian that, that all of a sudden we're, we're in the clear. But no, that's the opposite. Whenever we give our life to, to Jesus, we got a bullseye on us of the enemy, right? And so why is so many people interested in learning about uh, winning spiritual battles. I think it's because so many feel that they're getting defeated spiritually. Do you ever feel like, man, I'm supposed to be the head, not the tail? Why do I feel like the tail? You ever feel like that? It's okay if you're honest here. I- I'm, t- I'm not my head and yes, I feel that way. But it's my opinion that most people know that we're in a spiritual battle. The question most people want answered is, how do I win the spiritual battle? I know I'm in it. What do I do about it? Amen. Anybody interested in that? You know, whenever I, just quick little side note, whenever I first got saved, I remember turning on the radio and, and listening to preaching, you know, and man, I was just like trying to, I was, you know, clueless, you know, about spiritual things and I'm trying to learn all I can. And I remember this commentator coming on, on the radio and saying, uh, you know, uh, today we're going to learn how to defeat the devil. Stay tuned as we learn how to defeat... I'm thinking, praise the Lord, man. I need to know about that because I've been getting kicked for long enough, right? And so then the preaching started and and a guy went off and he said, there's a devil and the devil don't like you and the devil will kill you. And if you don't watch out, the devil will take your head off. Stay tuned for next week's message on... I was like, wait a minute. Where's the how-to, you know? And so I want to try to give you some how-to today. Okay, is that all right? How many of you, how many of you, are okay with that? Three strategies to winning the spiritual war. The first strategy I'm going to deal with it in three different levels this morning. But the first strategy to winning the spiritual war is number one: we must learn to fight our battles on a personal level. And what I mean by this, I call this lifestyle warfare. And so every one of us at some time or other will experience a personal attack. I mean, there's spiritual attacks over our nation, over people groups and stuff like that. But every, every one of us will experience a personal attack. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he faced a personal attack and battle. Isn't that right? The enemy came at him personally. And how he responded to that personal spiritual battle decided his destiny. And so here's the point. You can count on it that every one of us will, uh, will uh, uh, at some point, will experience a personal attack against us. But how we respond to our personal battles will determine our destiny. I don't want anybody to keep me from my destiny. What about you? First Peter 5.8 says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for someone. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. You know, just like Jesus, the devil will attack every one of us at some point in time. So we must personally learn how to resist him by standing firm in our faith. Now, let me just unpack this for a little bit. So three personal attacks we have to guard against. Number one is the temptation to be prideful. You know, listen, we all struggle with our flesh and, and, and you know, and, and pride. But the enemy will try to fuel that. Satan knows that if he can just get us to be lifted up in pride, then he can cut us off from the grace of God see, sometimes the worst thing that can happen to us is we prosper and we become successful because that can lift us up in pride and we are a target for the enemy to take our head off. In James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Listen, the enemy knows that if we become prideful, we cut ourselves off from the grace of God. You know, prideful means to be self-absorbed, self-reliant, overly self-confident, and not depending on God. It means to think you don't really need God or God's help in your life. And so we, we would never say, we're here at church. We would never say, I don't need God. We just act like it by our behavior. And so listen, but that's where we get defeated. If we think we can get through life without God's help, how many of you know, we are in trouble? James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. First, he says, submit yourselves to God. To win our spiritual battles, we have to first submit to God in humility before we can resist and overcome the evil one. We should never try to resist the enemy before we submit to God because we'll get defeated. Listen, every time we submit to God through worship, prayer, and obedience, we're actually doing spiritual warfare. You know, spiritual warfare is not putting on boxing gloves, where is he at, and taking a shot at him. No, it's a spiritual battle, right? And so every time we choose to ask God for help and not rely on our own ability or wisdom or power to succeed, we're actually doing spiritual warfare. Every time we defeat, uh, we deflect personal praise when people try to puff us up and make us think we're, we're something special and we deflect that and say, to God be the glory, we're doing spiritual warfare, amen? To win the battle on a personal level, you have to resist the temptation to become prideful in your heart. And the enemy will try the best that he can to make us think we're better than everybody in our home and everybody here in the church and everybody at the workplace. Can I get a better amen? 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Humility is a choice. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So to win the battle on a personal level, you have to walk in humility. If you got that, say, I got it. A second personal attack we must guard against is the temptation to believe Satan's lies. I many of you know, he's a liar and the father of lies. He's been lying since the beginning, and he's still lying today. And he'll try to lie to you and try to lie to me. Satan used the lie to defeat Adam and Eve in the garden, remember? In Genesis 3, now the serpent was more cunning or crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Now, by the way, he didn't say don't touch it. He just said, don't eat it, right? Verse four, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. There's the lie. You will not surely die. Here's the essence of Satan's lies. You can disobey God and not face the consequences of disobedience. That's a lie. Amen. Come on, y'all help me out. Say amen. In verse 13, and the Lord said to the woman, of course she ate. What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The serpent deceived me. Deceived means to be misled by a false appearance or by a false statement. And so we get deceived and we get trapped by Satan when we buy in and believe his false statements and his lies. You can do what you want. It's okay. I mean, God's loving. What Galatians 6 says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Notice he said, don't be deceived. Don't let the enemy lie to you. If you sin, you're going to pay the consequences. Amen. To win the battle on a personal level, you have to reject the lie that there's no consequences to breaking God's law and sinning against God. To win the battle on a personal level, you have to walk in truth. Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. Hey, God's a very gracious God, a loving God, but he still has laws. There's still the big 10, right? You commit adultery, you're going to pay a price for that. Amen? You start lying, cheating, and you start doing that stuff, you're going to pay a price for it. Don't let him lie to you. Amen? If you got that, say, I got that. Number three, a third personal attack we must guard against is the temptation to rebel and disobey God. All Satan's temptations are all about getting us to rebel against God. It's really, it's an attempt to open a personal door for spiritual uh, ground to be taken in our life, right? In Romans 6, 16, it says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous
1: living. Willful disobedience and rebellion against God ultimately leads us into the trapped and bondage of Satan. So you
0: know whenever I was growing up, you know I told you last week we were country boys, you know, we just, you know, we caught snakes for entertainment and swam in the the clean waters of the bayous of the of the south, you know, and all that, and caught alligators. But we also trapped birds. And we built these traps, probably we learned it from I don't know the um you know the uh Bugs Bunny or some I don't know where, but you know but we would trap birds, and we'd make these traps, you know, out of net and stuff, and, and we'd build these traps. We were young boys, and we'd try to trap a bird. Them birds are pretty wise. I mean, you couldn't get them in that trap. And so we had to work on it. So we, we, we figured out, you got to use some bait. You got to bait the trap, man. If you want to get that bird in there, you got to trap them. You got to bait them in there. So we started, we put bait in the trap, and the bird would, look at that. I ain't going in there. And so we started just putting bait outside the trap and just getting them, you know, a little line to
1: the trap. You know, we caught us some birds. Satan is is a trapper. And, And he knows that if he just says, hey,
0: hey, gang, here's my trap. Come walk in it. We'll say, no, thank you. So he'll just bait us. And he'll be patient with us to see if we'll go
1: for the bait. But his goal is to trap us into sin. You see? And so sometimes we get lured by the enemy and we start doing things and we think, man, man, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cunning. I'm
0: pretty smart. I mean, I'm getting away with it. No, you're not. You're getting trapped. Come on, we got to be wise. Amen? And so we need, to, we need to remember that, listen, the enemy's desire is to trap us and we got to be wise about that. And so think of sin and rebellion against God as Satan's bait trying to get you into his trap. And then once he traps you, he'll laugh at you. He'll make fun of you and he'll torment you and say, God, you are so gullible. And so, you know, that's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. Whenever Satan lied to them and tempted them to disobey God, and then they rebelled and they disobeyed God, they ended up losing their position in the garden. They lost the presence of God. And that's what the enemy wants for us. Jesus says, I'll tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So to win the battle on a personal level, you have to resist the temptation to rebel and disobey God. Amen? If you got that, say, I got it. So first, the first strategy is you got to do warfare on a personal level. Nobody can do that but you. And you got to know the enemy's plan to try to pull you into his trap and don't fall for it. Amen. Just stay clear. But the second strategy to winning our spiritual, this winning our spiritual war is to win our battles on a relational level. And so, you know, in Ephesians 6, 11, you know, it's a passage we're very familiar with. And it says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Now, Paul reminds us to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. And then he says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. See, our human tendency is to think our battle is against flesh and blood enemies instead of Satan himself. We we tend to forget that. Even though we know this, we tend to forget it. So remember this, Satan will always try to use individuals, even people that we love and know well, to try to spiritually defeat us. And so remember uh, Samson. It was Delilah. That was his girlfriend, right? He'll use people to hurt you, to wound you in an attempt to get you offended and to get bitter. And if you know this, you're less likely to step right in his trap. Ephesians 4, 26 says, and don't sin by letting anger control you.
1: Who do you get angry at? At dirt, At, at stuff, at people, right? Don't let sin, don't sin
0: by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And so the problem with being angry with people is they don't stop there. If it goes unchecked, what happens is it turns into unforgiveness. And then if unforgiveness is not checked, it eventually turns into the bondage of bitterness, the trap of Satan, right? And unforgiveness and bitterness gives a foothold to the devil to enter your heart and defeat you spiritually. And so then the next thing you know, you're 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 winning the battle, you're losing the battle. So Jesus taught us we should pray every day to to not give in to the relational temptations. Remember in the, whenever he taught us to pray, he said this. He said, you know, pray our Father who art in heaven, and then in verse 11 he said pray this, give us this day the food we need. That's the New Living Translation. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And then look, the very next verse, And don't let let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, I never saw this correlation before, but notice the Lord's encouraging us to forgive those who sinned against us. And then right after that, he says, now pray, encouraging us to pray. Don't give in to the temptation of the evil one. Do you think that's by accident? No,
1: I think that we have to be careful. Because sometimes the way the enemy comes at us is through a human being. The one of the
0: ways that the enemy tries to get us trapped is through even people that we know and love. And if we can give if we are not wise when we get hurt and we get offended, and we will. There's nobody perfect. Everybody, nobody is gonna get it right and talk the right way every time. And nobody's gonna remember you every time. And if we're not careful, we're gonna fall right into the trap of the enemy. So you got to deal with it on a relational level. If you want to win the spiritual battle, you got to learn to deal with the spiritual attacks on a personal level and just pass up every chance that you get to get angry and bitter and, and hold unforgiveness towards somebody. Can I get a better amen? amen. You know, I was talking uh, with a brother yesterday and we we're talking about a family. They came to church here for years and, and, and they got hurt in church. And they ended up going to another church and stayed there for a while and ended up in another church and, and, and quit going there. Now they
1: don't go in church. And, and I don't want to justify the fact that they got hurt, but I, I understand it. But, you know, it seemed like, well, I'll just go on to the next church. But, no, if you don't deal with the spiritual attack,
0: no church will do. Come on, are y'all with me? It don't matter how
1: good the preacher is. It ain't going to be good enough. Because the enemy is going to hold you bound by his trap. And so listen, to win the personal spiritual battle on a relational level, you must walk in forgiveness.
0: You must walk in forgiveness. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, well, I'm going to torment them. I'm going to pay them back. No, you're paying. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Just forgive them and say, I release them. Amen. The third strategy. You ready for the third strategy? The third strategy to winning our spiritual war is to win our battles on the spiritual level. Many of the battles we wrestle with on a daily basis happen because of invisible, unseen spiritual influence of demonic and evil spirits.
1: Ephesians 6.12 says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we are fighting against evil rulers
0: and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places, in in the heavenly atmosphere, in the unseen atmosphere. Spiritual battles happen in the unseen world, in the invisible spiritual realm. So we need to learn how to war against the spiritual forces of darkness. Amen. You know, Kelly mentioned, Pastor Kelly mentioned Wednesday night, we went to pray with his mom and and she was, her her, uh, oxygen levels weren't working. And we started praying and just just calling on the name of the Lord and just praying. All of a sudden, her oxygen levels. And so you say, well, it just happened just because she got worked up because y'all were praying. But it stayed up and she went home the next day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that great? Yes. Amen. That's great. We need to learn how to war against the spiritual forces of darkness. You say, Todd, how do I know when they come? They come every day. Every day, every day. The enemy is on the earth, and he's looking for somebody to devour, and he's trying to get you and me and everybody else in this room. So every day you're fighting a spiritual battle. Amen? So come on, be sober, be alert, open your eyes. Come on, on, stand on guard and fight your battles. Don't wait for, you know... Okay, I lost my head. It must be a spiritual battle. I'm gonna fight. No, fight before you lose your head. Amen. And so now there are three ways that we can fight our spiritual battles. And the first one is to invoke the name of Jesus. And you know, there's
1: power in the name of Jesus. Invoke means to call on with earnest desire.
0: Philippians 2, 9 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and he gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I don't like just to say God anymore. I like to say Jesus. I know God the Father and Jesus, but you know, God now, it means a whole lot of other stuff. But come on, there's, there's no name That the forces of darkness know and recognize and respond to like the name of Jesus. Like the name of God exalted him to the highest place. And he gave him authority over everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Amen. Somewhere under the earth, he gave him authority there too. Amen. And so when you are fighting your spiritual battles through warfare prayer, Always use the name of Jesus. Hey, listen, Mark 16, 17. These signs will accompany those who believe in my Name. This is Jesus talking. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, they will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Listen, when you're fighting your spiritual battles through warfare, prayer, use and invoke the name of Jesus. That's the name every demon recognizes. The whole world recognizes in the earth, under the earth. Then heaven, everybody recognizes the name and the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I've walked in the hospital rooms where somebody was on a, a ventilator and, and they hadn't been any movement in their body forever. And you start praying and calling on the name of Jesus. And nurses come running into the room because all their everything just starts going crazy. But even their body in a comatose state, when you say the name of Jesus, even the fibers in their being start responding to that. Come on. The name of Jesus. Amen. So when you do warfare prayer, make sure you use the name of Jesus. Amen. Who man. That pumps me up right there. Amen. Come on. How many of you? If you go bear hunting with a switch, make sure the switch is named that you use the switch of Jesus. Amen. Come on, the switch, the name, the name of Jesus. Amen. The second way to fight the invisible unseen war is using the word of God. The word of God, Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than its sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is our spiritual sword. When you think of sword in in Bible times, the sword was their weapon. It was how they defended themselves. How you defend yourself spiritually is you use your sword. The sword is the word of God. If you're going to win your spiritual battle, you got to use the sword. Amen. So now if I was the devil, I would try to make you think that the word is irrelevant. It's not necessary and you don't need it. Leave it in the sheath, leave it at your house and go to battle without your sword. Amen. But God would say, don't leave home without it. Use your sword to fight your spiritual battles. Amen. And so, you know, this is how Jesus defeated the enemy. Remember when he had that personal attack and the enemy came at him and he said, remember what he said? It is. It is. He didn't just say it once. He kept saying it. It is written. How did he defeat the enemy? He knew the word of God. He used the word of God. He defeated the enemy. Come on. You got to know the word of God and use the word of God so you can defeat the enemy. Amen. You got to know it. You got to declare it. It helps you to defeat the spiritual attacks of the enemy. You know, I was thinking, how can I, uh, how can I use an example or, you know, it's not just good enough to know this stuff, gang. You got to use it. You got to apply it. And so, you know, I was thinking about, you know, those of you that have been here for a while, you've heard this story, but you know, I was just starting to think of major, major battles that I've won by using the sword. And I was thinking about, you know, you've heard me tell this story about I, I was, uh, I had this real, real battle with fear. I was afraid of the dark, afraid at night, and all that stuff. And I worked in the all field, I just finished high school, and um, I, uh, the job that I did, sometimes I had to go to the shop in the middle of the night, like to unload equipment or load equipment, send it to a job or go on a job. And so, you know, you go into the warehouse, this big old warehouse, there's equipment all over. It's dark and there's creaky things and all that. And and I'm like, oh my goodness, I gotta go over there, and I'm the only one over there. And I'm sure there's at least 10 boogeymans in there and, and they waiting for me, you know. And so I can remember getting to the gate. I wasn't even in the building yet. I was just at the gate and fear it was like somebody threw a blanket of fear on me, man. And I was just like, I was thinking, I was having thoughts like, I'm going to quit this job. I can't do this anymore. I can't go in this place in the middle of the night. What do they think? They, you know, what are they crazy? And I'm just battling all this. And I think, well, I can't quit my job. And, you know, and then so all of a sudden I just started, I just started praying. And I just started praying. And it's, Lord, Lord, you need to help me. And a verse came to mind. And it was in Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And it just dawned on me, I'm fearing evil. Evil is Satan, is the devil, is the serpent. He's been defeated already. I'm a child of God. I'm not to live under the power of the enemy. I'm to live in the victory of the Lord. And so I begin to quote it. The Lord is my shepherd. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 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 And all of a sudden, the power of fear just started breaking off my life. And I opened that gate, went into that warehouse, got that equipment, sent it out, and quoting, I will fear no evil. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm victorious. The word of God is powerful, y'all. The word of God is powerful. Listen, sometimes, you know, I've had the opportunity to pray, say, hey, would you pray for my loved one or pray for me? What's going on?
1: I got terminal cancer. I got a brain to the most aggressive brain to. Man, I'm like, I don't have the faith to pray for that. And so you get ready to pray and you're just like, they're hoping you have faith for them that
0: Jesus can heal them. And the reality is like, you're thinking, oh, you know, in your mind,
1: you're thinking, there's no way. But then I've learned that if I can get a verse, if I can get the truth, if I can get the word, and I, I remember, you know, recalling, reading in
0: the Scripture, one of the verses, when I get put in situations like that, is Psalm 103. In verse 2, it says, Blessed the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Now, the circumstance is telling me there's no hope. God's word is telling me he heals all diseases. And the word of God all of a sudden just rises up in me. And all of a sudden, what what I feel like is a losing spiritual battle becomes hopeful. And all of a sudden, faith rises up in my heart. And I can declare with confidence and with power in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what somebody's suffering with in their body. Jesus heals it all. He's healed it all. And, and every everybody, anybody is a, is a recipient to be a, a miracle, walking around saying, Jesus healed me, Jesus delivered me, I'm set free. Amen. The word of God. How do you win your spiritual battles? You need, to work, you need to know the word of God. You need to know the scripture. You need to use the sword. And so sometimes we're fighting with spiritual battles. And listen, if you're in a battle right now, I would say, find you a verse. Get you a verse. Use your sword against that battle. Sometimes I'm laying in bed at night and I I can't sleep because I'm worried. I have have anxiety of of things going on, and I just learned to get the word of God out. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I stopped quoting it, and the anxiety is still there, and I'll quote it again. Be anxious for for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And you keep swinging the sword and you keep swinging the sword and you keep swinging the sword until anxiety takes its place under your feet. Come on. The word of God is powerful. It's living. It's sharp and you can win your spiritual battle. Come on. If you believe that, say amen. 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 The third way to fight the invisible unseen war is using the power of prayer, obviously. The power of prayer. In Luke ten nineteen, it's it says, Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And we know that the Lord has given us spiritual authority, right? But then the question is, how do you exercise?
1: How do you u- utilize your spiritual authority? How do you do it? It's through prayer. It's through prayer. I, I'm just getting this, and I don't know if it's, if it, if I'm just
0: going to go with it because I, I sense it right now. See, some Christians are afraid to engage in spiritual warfare. Because they feel like if they start doing warfare, that the enemy is going to overpower them and he's going to make their lives worse than it was before. And so there's a fear of warfare. There's a fear of the enemy. That is not from God, saints of God. It is from hell and don't be afraid. You are in a spiritual warfare and if the enemy can make you believe a lie that if you engage the enemy that he's going to come at you and he's going to defeat you you will live defeated the rest of your life. Rise up man and woman of God. Rise up in your faith. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. The Lord has given you authority. Listen. This verse right here. Listen what it says. Luke ten nineteen. I have given you, you man of God, you woman of God, authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, not some of the power of the enemy, all of the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you in Jesus name. Amen. Now we know that the Lord has given us authority. How do we exercise it? Through prayer. Jesus said this in Matthew 16 and 18, after Peter had the revelation, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He said, verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the
1: gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. To bind means to forbid from happening. That's authority in prayer. Through prayer, you can bind or forbid the enemy from working
0: in your life or your family's life. That's the way that I understand it. I invoke the name of Jesus and through prayer, I forbid the enemy from attacking my family. Because Jesus said, whatever you bind, I bind up the enemy. I forbid him from working in this church in Jesus' name. I forbid him from attacking the saints in this church in Jesus' name. I forbid it. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. He's backing us up. And then he says, through prayer, you can forbid the enemy from succeeding. But you also can loose. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Loose means to release. Over circumstances, and so through prayer, I I just loose or release God's presence. I release God's presence over this room right now in Jesus' name. I release God's anointing over this place right now in Jesus' name. Sometimes while we're worshiping, I feel a heaviness. I feel I feel a spiritual uh, uh, complacency, and I'll be praying right there in the name of Jesus. I break the power of darkness over this service. I forbid the enemy from trying to keep us in in, in a dark place and in a discouraged place. In the name of Jesus, I loose the Holy Spirit in this room. I loose the angels of God to do war over the heavenlies. I release it in the name of Jesus. And I believe that things happen in the spirit realm. And I believe you can do the same thing, gang. I believe that we're in a spiritual battle and God has given some weapons but it does us no good if it stays on the shelf. Come on, we got to engage. We got to engage and use what the Lord has given us through prayer. You can release God's presence in your home, in your workplace, in your car. Come on, wherever you go, if you're on the moon, you can release God's presence on the moon. If you're in the if you're in the submarine and you way down in the base of the sea, you can loose the presence of God. Where can you go that God's presence is not. It's not everywhere. God's presence is everywhere. Amen. And I found out I can go on an offshore platform and I can experience the presence of God on the platform. I found out I can be in a ship. I can be in a boat. I can be in a a boat on the seas of the Gulf of Mexico in the storm and I can call on the name of Jesus and the presence of God comes. When the presence of God comes, darkness has to flee. Amen. Come on. God has given us the
1: ability to win our spiritual battle. You got to attack it on a personal level. You got to attack it on a relational level. You got to attack it on a spiritual level. Amen. do not you do me a favor and just stand with me for just a moment. I had lunch with a guy not long ago, and he's a, he owns his own business, and he was on an overseas trip. And uh, he got very sick. And he was so sick that they had to put him on ventilator, and all his organs were shutting down. And he's telling me the story. And I'm telling you everything I've been telling you. And it just it just all of a sudden makes the reality, again, so powerful. All his organs are shutting down. And he said he was in a comatose state. But he was
0: aware of what was going on. And he said it felt like demons had entered his body. And they were trying to pull out his spinal cord. And they were trying to pull out organs out of his body. And he, was, he couldn't do anything because he was in this comatose state. But yet the reality of all this was going on. He said he felt like he was on this wheel that was spinning. And he was actually just going... God, I thought you would never leave me, never forsake me. He was a believer. Right? Lord, why, why am I going through this? And then all of a sudden, he said, in, in, he, felt, he saw out of his peripheral vision somebody staying there. So he never got a sight of who it was. But all of a sudden, he said, he, he don't know if it was one angel or two angels. He, he don't remember all the details. But he said, just as all these, it seemed like all these demon forces came in his body, all these demon forces left his body. And all of a sudden, in the natural, what they were telling the family was all his organs are shutting down. All his organs are shutting down. It don't look like he'll make it. And then the next report is all his organs are coming back. All his organs are starting to function. It looks like he's going to make it. And so he went from looking like he was going to die to looking like he was going to live. And he's living and he's alive. And he said, listen, the Lord showed me that the reason the the battle was won was because I had so many friends and family praying throughout the nation, throughout, just all Over the world, praying for me and God's angels, God's presence, God's anointing was released. Listen, I'm telling you, God wants you to win your spiritual battles. He doesn't want you to live defeated, depressed, discouraged. He wants you to live in victory. He's given you everything that you need to win your spiritual battle. Can we just take a moment right now and let's just pray? Come on, let's just declare right now over your life, over your family. Come on, let's declare it in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's declare it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stir up your faith right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare that in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's use the word. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm going to declare it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. Come on, I'm the blessed child of God. Thank you, Father God. Come on, I'm not living discouraged or depressed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, declare it. Declare it over you, over your family. Come on, if there's sickness, if there's disease, come on, declare it. He forgives all our iniquities and He heals all of our diseases. Come on, declare it. He healed. Lord, I declare that in this room, Lord, every cancerous cell. We bind it up. We forbid it. We break its power. We declare that and disease is being broken right now. The divine health is coming in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. I'm going to declare, declare, Lord, cover. I cover my family right now. I cover my family. I declare that oppression, that evil is broken off of Tanya, off of Olivia, Ben and Penelope, off of me. I declare that evil and darkness is broken off of this church. I declare that every assignment and every plan of the enemy is broken right now over every family that is here today. I declare that the victorious power of the name of Jesus she is being released died. over this place. Thank you. Come on, declare. Come on, you have authority. Come on, declare, financial ruin is broken. Financial lack. I declare that financial breakthroughs are coming. Thank you, Lord. We're not living in lack and in poverty. Lord, we declare that, Lord, the poverty spirit is broken. Lack is spirit. In Jesus' name, I declare financial prosperity for businesses. I declare financial prosperity over families. I declare right now that in the name of Jesus, it's supernatural, it's miraculous. Lord, I declare it over this church right now that the enemy, the thief that comes to kill, to steal and destroy his power is broken right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare, I declare right now that oppression, depression is broken right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just take a moment and just worship Him. We love you, Lord. We love you. Come on, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God. Oh, we submit to you right now. We submit to you right now. We submit our life to you. We submit our heart to you. Lord, we submit our family to you. We submit all to you right now. Come on, just help me. Lord, we submit this church to you. We submit this ministry to you. Lord, we submit to you. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Before we release today, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you, you don't know for sure that you are truly a Christian, that, that, it, that you're sure, that you know and you know where I'm a child of God and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? Listen, you can't win the spiritual battle until you first submit your heart and your life to Jesus. I want to just pray with you right now. If that's you, you say, Todd, pray for me. I want to make sure I'm a child of God. Just lift your hand and just just lift it high. If I see one hand, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. Okay, I see one hand here. Anywhere else, just hold your hand. Just hold it up so I can see it. And I just, we want to pray right here. I see your hand, Uh, honey, anybody else. Isn't that great? Come on, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross shedding your blood so sins could be forgiven my sins could be forgiven I ask you to forgive me I ask you to cleanse me I ask you to wash me I want to live for you I want to live the Christian life I choose to give my will over to you help me Jesus to live for you I pray in Jesus name Amen Amen now, for those of you that raised your hands and prayed that prayer, there's a little card in the pew with a green bar that says, I made a decision. Just, if you would, just bring that, fill it out and bring it to the lobby. The only reason why I want you to fill that out is we want to pray for you. and so, But we want to give you some, uh, a gift, a Bible if you need it, and just some resources to help you get started. It's, it's the best decision you could ever make. Wouldn't you all agree with that? Amen. Come on, how many of you feel like you are the head and not the tail? Come on, you are the head. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray the blessing and the favor of the Lord over the people of God today. In Jesus' mighty
1: name I pray. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.